This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Small Business Administration's Office of Women's Business Ownership dates back to 1979, when a stagnant and inflationary economy needed everyone's brain power to rev back up. It still offers management and technical advice to help women establish and grow their own businesses. Now the SBA has a new assistant administrator for women's business ownership. Sari Kim joins me now. Ms. Kim, good to have you on. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. And you are new to the agency just really earlier this month, and it sounds like SBA has plans to maybe revive or rev up the WBO, as it's called. Tell us what you're there to do. Yes, yeah, so I am grateful to be here, and I thank President Trump and Administrator Jovita Carranza for having me. I literally started Monday, July 6th, and it has been a rocket ship. We have three major priorities, and I would say that this is in um, three tranches, is how I like to put it. So the first tranche would be, again, activating and re-energizing as you characterize the mission of the Office of Women Business Ownership, or as in government, you know, everybody uses an acronym, so OBO. So just to reinforce that mission and to really work in close partnership with the 116 women business centers that OBO wants. The second part of it is, as everybody is very intimately aware, we are in the midst of an economic crisis. Administrator Carranza and President Trump has done everything that they possibly could do to help not just women-owned businesses, but all businesses. So the second tranche is to make sure that these women business owners have the tools that they need, and most importantly, the information that they need over here at the SBA. You, Tom, are certainly very knowledgeable about what occurs in the United States government, but I think a lot of business owners didn't even know before the PPP program launched what the SBA was, let alone what it did. And so there's a lot of education there because we do have legacy programs with tools. And the third tranche is, I certainly don't believe I know everything there is to know in the world about how to help women own businesses. My boss, the administrator, spent 30 years in the private sector learning and climbing the UPS ladder. And so we are here to listen to the concerns, to take these concerns, to package these concerns, and to deliver on these concerns as quickly and possibly to these women. And on that last tranche, listening and packing and acting on their concerns, how will you go about learning what their concerns are as a group? That's a great question. So the U.S. Small Business Administration receives data in essentially two sets. The first set of data that they receive is from the terms and conditions that we give out to our women business centers. They report data over to us biannually as it relates to financials. And then we also receive this data four times a year on the more census type of information that, let's say, for instance, the United States Congress is interested in. How many Native American women, how many African American women, Asian women, Hispanic women, age group, the type of work that they do. And then the other part of the data is, as you know, in these legacy programs over at the SBA, there are actually weekly financial reports that encapsulate how many women are touched through the 7A program, the 504, and the Community Advantage program. And that data set is actually tremendously interesting because it says that 76% of all businesses touched by the SBA are for men, whereas a simple 27% of that is women. Now, certainly, that's a data set that I want to make more 50-50. So it's, it's just really making sure that the input that we receive from our legacy programs as well as from our women business centers is a fulsome representation of American women. 
Sure. And beyond the 27 percent that are women owned, do you know any more demographics within the women's category? That is to say, how much minority participation of minority women are business owners and might be touched by SBA? Yeah, so Administrator Carranza and President Trump are really focusing on helping minority women. There is an existing partnership to make sure that we amplify the relationship of women business centers with HBCUs, for instance. But as we drill down into the full census demographic, that is actually a particular project that I have taken up, and we are actually making an initiative um, to work with the U.S. Census Bureau so that we can get hard-tag data, not just for women business owners in the traditional sense, um, for instance, the storefronts, but also, more importantly, for women who work for themselves as independent contractors, who work for themselves as a single small business owner. That's the type of data that we have not thought about in the entire United States government prior to President Trump's administration, but that's the type of data that we certainly need as we're trying to help these women get out of this coronavirus economic crisis. Yes, because there are some definitional issues with very small businesses like that. Like the IRS has super specific definitions, for example, of gig workers, where there has to be an app involved. But you could still be a freelancer or maybe a micro business, but not in that definition, a gig worker. So that's got to be sorted out, too, I would think. Absolutely. And again, you know, to the start of our conversation, that's the reason why the third tranche is so important. A lot of legacy government programs, as you know, lag behind what's occurring in the private sector. That is not the fault of any government employee. That is not the fault of any president, irrespective of party. That is just how the system is created. But I exist and I have been selected to be nimble, but also because of my experience in the private sector, having started three businesses myself, um, that I am able to bring my own on-the-ground experience and provide the lens and perspective to harness all the information, all the data points, all the particular programs here at the SBA, and activate them within my particular vertical, which is OBO. We're speaking with Sari Kim. She's Assistant Administrator of the Small Business Administration's Office of Women's Business Ownership. And just in general, before, you know, all the notwithstanding that all of the data is not yet gathered and so forth, what do you think are the principal barriers to women business ownership? In the case of all minority businesses, for example, access to capital comes up a lot or access to affordable capital. What do you sense is holding back the women's business ownership movement, if you will, in general? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. So I would say that there are two main things. The first one is exactly what you said, is access to capital. And the mission of the Office of Women Business Ownership, as well as the mission of Administrator Jovita Carranza, is to ensure that these women hit and are able, once they decide that they want to launch a business, is to gain the capital so that they can go through the multiple states of elevation when it comes to activating their business idea. It can't just simply be, as my mom did when she started her business, that she goes to church and asks her friends to loan her $1,000 and she'll pay them back in 12 months. We are trying to create a structure where these women feel comfortable in presenting their business plan, being able to connect themselves to a micro lender as well as a larger, let's say, business that, you know, interacts every day with Treasury and the Federal Reserve. I mean, that access to capital is very critical. But the second thing is 
as a woman speaking to other women, I'm sure you know women too. The responsibilities of women when they launch a business is not just to have a business plan. It's not just to have access to capital. It is their responsibility to their parents, sometimes as primary providers. It is the responsibility to their children for childcare and to get them to school. It is the responsibility of them as a community provider to work in, in um, their churches and also to help other people in the community. As a woman business owner, it is never an or proposition. You don't go work at UPS or Facebook. You don't launch a small business or go work at a company. It's an and proposition. You start a business and you're a mom and you're a caretaker and you're a wife and you help the community. And this is why it's so critical for us to bring these type of perspectives where we address these women where they're at and not where we as the government think they should go. Well, it certainly sounds like this is much more than a job to you. Tell us about your own background briefly and how you came to be at SBA. Well, thanks so much for asking. I um, am immensely grateful because I'm a first-generation immigrant. My parents came over here from Seoul, South Korea, traditional immigrant story. They came here to study at a university, and um, they started a small business to provide for their family, and they worked. And um, I ended up, you know, growing up sleeping on couches in the office buildings that I kind of work in now while my parents cleaned and emptied trash cans at night. And now I get to work for the President of the United States. So I went to law school. My parents told me I could either be a lawyer or a doctor. I picked law because, you know, it's law school. And then, um, you know, was able to uh, come into President Bush's administration and work and have been in and out of politics for basically 15 years while I started um, small businesses myself. So I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity. Well, at least your parents didn't say you have to be a lawyer and a doctor. (laughs) That's so true. But you want to know something really funny? Um, So obviously, I work for a Republican president. They are both Democrats. And they um, have the saddest day of their entire life is when I went to go work for President Bush, which I think is actually hilarious. But um, they're actually very proud of me. They just like to tease me about it. Well, maybe there's hope for all of us. Sari Kim is assistant. <laughs> Sari Kim is assistant administrator of the Small Business Administration for the Office of Women's Business Ownership. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much, Tom, for your time. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.